In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable stars. This signal contained a constant series of data packets and a decryption key. Once it was decrypted, the data contained a number of transmissions from two planets in a binary system. Included in the data was a translation matrix that researchers used to translate the entries as best as possible into English. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present. Log entry, Heimavina 46, 2335, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, Ori. Congratulations on your new position. The boss. I'm sure you're a natural leader, and it's probably good for your staff to learn from someone with actual field and combat reporting experience. I'm glad to hear that you still get to lead the main briefings and aren't just relegated to management. You've heard me complain enough about that for both of us. I have to say, I am a bit jealous of your friend Kezi. At least, the part about being back up in space. I really do miss that. I don't miss the equipment checks, but the rest of it was a pretty grand experience. I can only imagine how difficult a decision that was to leave knowing he would miss the birth of his child. From a mission perspective, I can certainly understand, especially given how much time he spent in training. And if VSA is anything like EGAL, he might not have had much of an option if he wanted to keep his career on track. Mission first is a mantra we hear around EGAL all the time, and it really isn't until it matters that you think about what it means. That said, if I said I wasn't going to be there for the birth of my kid, my career would still be over because he'd be digging up my body. The list of suspects would be every woman in my family, and they would have held a lottery to see who got to take me out. Has my mom messaged you yet? She apparently has a surprise for you, but don't you dare let on that I told you. I just wanted to warn you because she's in full-on mom mode right now, and whatever she has planned will probably be embarrassing. The family is all a flutter because Frida and Rowan now have a little girl, Cicela Yana Jorgensen of Spark. She was named for both my grandmother's and for Rowan's maternal grandmother. Poor kid, that name is a mouthful. I have already shortened it to CJ, which hasn't caught on yet, but I am not giving up. CJ recently had her first birthday. She's very mischievous, and we have no idea where she gets that. Frida and I were perfect kids. The little monster is already the center of attention and has figured out how to manipulate all of us to get treats. Frida actually found a stash of cookies in her pocket, which she has apparently been sharing with Vigo. Needless to say, they are now co-conspirators and fast friends. I appreciate your suspicions about Juniper, but I'm, I'm not worried that she's hiding something from me, per se. I was more surprised that she'd managed to drop off the social radar and suddenly pop back up as an agent for PD. That might not sound like a very surprising thing, but... I've never really explained what it's like to be a member of an old family. I know what you're thinking, Leela. And I did grow up as a privileged rich kid. But that comes with unwelcome attention and intense scrutiny. Frida and I have had our grades published, our personal lives splashed across gossip broadsheets, and there was always a camera around waiting for some mistake or indiscretion. I mean, just look at Frida. Her wedding was a planetary event. Our lives are very public and we're the children of a comparatively minor family. 
Langa Mafifi enjoyed the political intrigue and social maneuvering more than either Cece or my mom do. Fifi was a force of nature, and much of our family's current status comes from her discoveries and efforts. Cece currently holds our honorary seat in the Samcoma and the title of matriarch. She hates it and has tried repeatedly to convince my mom to take over, but so far she's refused because my mom is worried that it would affect Werkstatt's dealings with the Samcoma. The prominent families have generations of political influence and ties or majority concerns in various industries. The senior levels of Lulean politics have long been dominated by the Jorgensons. The Watsons own the largest bank on the planet, and the Allens have dominated shipping for hundreds of years. Though we're considered to be an old family, we're really nothing but an old name with a couple of fancy inventions across the generations. The Fjallstads are somewhere in between. While they're well known for their philanthropic work and consistently produce some of Haimavina's best doctors, they are the most progressive of the old families. They have multiple children, they don't hold naming ceremonies, and they renounced their seat in the Samcoma a generation ago. They've been laying low since the press conference, which explains how Juniper joined PD without anyone noticing. Coming from more prominent families, I totally understand Rowan and Juniper's efforts to avoid attention, and not everyone has parents like mine. When Frida decided she didn't want to go to the academy, she was so scared that she would ruin the family's name. We'd heard Lang Amasisi talk about the scandal of her decision not to follow in Fifi's footsteps. My parents were really good about not putting pressure on us and always said we could do anything we wanted. Or nothing. We just had to be home for lunch on Sonnendag. Playing with little CJ makes me think about a story that Fifi told us once about a time when, as a young girl, she and her best friend dared each other to have their auras read by a seer. Seers are supposed to be able to see glimpses of the future, but it's really rubbish, and Fifi said proper girls weren't supposed to visit them. The seer told her that her kids would bring the old families together and unite the worlds. When Cece married my grandfather, and they spent their lives playing in the dirt, I bet Fifi is just laughing from the stars right now. Anyway, what was I saying about Juniper? Oh, did, did I tell you she has the most amazing yellow eyes? That girl is going to be the death of me, Leela. Minutolanda, Helgi. Log entry Vela 47. Vela Rotat 2657. Cycle 12 of the fourth annual. Hey, Helgi. It's a single hey kind of time here, as we have received some troubling news from our mission to Feynora. As you know, the ship that Kezi was flying launched from Chona shortly after my last transmission. Everything was moving along swimmingly, and they had adapted to their new routine with no issues. It was a long trip, but this was a ship that was designed to make it. They built the crew quarters into a habitat ring that spun around the ship to create gravity for the members aboard. The mission was going exactly as planned. The primary ship was planned to do a single trip around Feynora, while a smaller orbital craft would launch in towards the planet and perform a number of orbits. When it was done, it would meet up with the rest of the crew back on the main ship and return home. That was the plan, at least. As the smaller craft entered orbit, we got our first real view of the backside of the tidally locked planet of Fenora. The anomaly we were all wondering about was finally revealed to be a massive scar, and what looks to be some sort of wreckage. It's impossible to make out anything in the crater, but it doesn't look natural at all. 
The first orbit went fine, and the ship altered course to ensure a better view of the site on the second trip around. Just as they approached the site, the crew started to notice several malfunctions. It began in the comm systems. The link between the orbital craft and the VSA here on Vela was severed. We had to rely on the relay of information from the primary craft. Since that was still on its swirl around the planet, everything was delayed. When the information finally caught up to us, it was bad. All of the sensors on the orbital craft were behaving erratically and navigation started to act up as well. Kezi was finally able to regain control and bring the ship out of orbit on only its second pass. This was way too early to meet up with the primary ship, but he did manage to find the original ingress path towards Vela, and they had to slow the ship down and drift while waiting for the main ship to come around and pick them up on the way home. Systems were failing all over the craft, and the crew started to work on fixes. One of those fixes involved a spacewalk outside for two of the engineers, Islis and Oned, while Kezi managed the systems inside. During the reboot of the navigation system, a small short circuit caused an explosion of the panel Kezi was working on. The shock on the outside killed Islis instantly, and Kezi suffered severe burns inside the capsule. He managed to douse the fire and prevent the ship from suffering any more damage. But by the time Oned made it back inside, Kezi was barely conscious and still trying to repair systems. Because of him... The craft stayed on its trajectory and was picked up by the main ship. Kezi didn't survive. The ship is still on its way to dock at the station in orbit, and they should be home soon. The Council and VSA released only the information I was able to give you. Anything involving the site itself was cut off, and they are keeping it in the depths. They are saying that this was just a system malfunction, but between my talks with you and what I know from being around Dad... It feels like something is off. Nosu actually gave forth during the first orbit, and was able to have a brief video message just before Kezi's second orbit. They had a beautiful baby boy named Jezun. I've been with her and Jezun this whole time as both a friend and caregiver. To say that Nosu is distraught over the accident would be a shallow estimate. Her school is from Chonar, and they are saying that this is her punishment for swimming out of her pool. She has become withdrawn, and sometimes she doesn't even come back to her home for a few cycles. Mom and I have been taking care of Jezun ourselves. Knowing what happened, I just couldn't let him go. I keep hoping that Nozu will be okay, but I'm really worried for her. I wish I had a more uplifting transmission to follow up to your great news. I really am happy for Frida, and I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm excited at the news of her baby girl. It sounds like all of you will have your claws full with that one. Knowing what I've heard of you and Frida, I think you should just start wrapping everything in padding now. I also hope that CJ catches on as a nickname, as Cicela Yana Jorgensen Nufpark is quite the mouthful. I'm out of breath just saying it here. You don't need to worry about getting in trouble with your mom. I actually heard the news from my mom, who got a message almost immediately after Frida gave forth. Did you know our moms have been talking this whole time? I don't think I realized how public your family's lives were till now. Here on Vela, we tend to focus on events much more than people, unless they do something extraordinary. Sure, the people involved in those events are mentioned, but that gets diluted after a while and everyone finds something new to focus on. Over there, it sounds like you stay in the public eye much more. That must be frustrating, to have everyone watching everything you do all the time. 
I couldn't imagine the level of scrutiny you're facing, and that comes from me as the public face of the council. I will have to trust your judgment on Juniper, for now, but she is going to have to pass the sister test. Tell Frida to hurry up and answer my latest message to her, so we can compare notes behind your back. Only slightly kidding. If you're happy, then that works for me. Just be careful. The waters may look calm on the surface, but you never know what's below. I have to go now. Mom and I are taking Jason to the VSA offices to get an update on the mission progress. May the waves guide you. Ori. Log entry, Heimavina 47. 2337, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, Ori. I'm very sorry to hear about your friend. In the face of tragedy, it's hard to see anything other than loss, but from your description, I can tell you from hard personal experience that Kezi died a hero. Even though he was gravely injured, he stayed at his post and did his job. The flags at Ekel and Werkstatt headquarters are flying at half-staff to honor Islis and Kezi. Space is hard, and the reminders of that lesson are often tragic. Everyone who signs up for this accepts the risks, but we don't often stop to recognize that our choices force our friends and loved ones to accept it as well. It's cold comfort now, but nurture that ember of pride you feel for Kezi. He saved lives and the mission. My heart goes out to Nosu. I don't think either of us can really understand the depths of her emotions. Losing her mate just as their child was born must have felt like a glacier giving way beneath her feet. She's very lucky to have a friend like you at her side, Leila. Not that I would expect anything less. Did Nosu just have Jason? I remember you telling me you were one of five. I still can't believe your mother carried five babies. How are the others who were part of the ceremony doing? They must be distraught as well. Is your mom enough playing with the baby and missing you when you were little? Moms. On the work front, I don't have much in the way of news. I got passed over for promotion again, which is starting to feel like a feature and not a glitch. My review was good, and my boss said I'm totally qualified, but ECAL has a glut of people at my level, and the number of more senior positions is limited. She said to keep applying for open jobs and that I would get something eventually. <sighs> On a lighter note, though, things with Juniper are going well better than I could have imagined. In fact, a few months ago, she invited me and my entire family out to her family's estate for a holiday weekend. Their place is on the remote western coast of Yodath, which is a stunningly beautiful area of steep fjords and dense furoskober. The estate looked like something out of an old photo from before the Siddhist Anda, in the sense that the entire family lives on the estate. There are a bunch of smaller homes surrounding a central building with a large hall where their family eats most meals. There's a large kitchen in the same space, so everyone just kind of hangs out. It would have been an amazing place to grow up. And there's enough space that I wouldn't have had to share a bathroom with Freda. It was also complete chaos because Juniper's older sister has a couple of kids around CJ's age. The results of CJ meeting other kids her age were entirely predictable in hindsight, and I think co-conspirators is perhaps a better term than friends. Those little monsters ran some pretty complicated cons on the adults, and I think they got more screen time, later bedtimes, and more candy than any of them had imagined possible. 
I also didn't know that Juniper's younger brother went to medical school with Rowan. When they saw each other, they yelled, Where's my pants? and did some complicated handshake routine that ended up with both of them laughing. Apparently, something your dad once said in a transmission has become a med school in-joke. I I don't know, Ori. Doctors are weird. On the upside, Frida and I heard tons of hilarious stories about Rowan. He's not as boring as I thought he was. My parents were in awe the entire time. There were kids and hoons running everywhere. And Juniper's parents are very much like mine, in the sense that they're all about family. Very relaxed people, and their home felt strangely like I already lived there. I very much did not want to leave. When I told Juniper, she just winked at me. There was one weird thing, though. On Lauderdog afternoon, my mom and Juniper's mom disappeared for a while. I saw them briefly, out on the Veron, and they were deep in a very animated discussion. When they came back inside, they both had these grins on their faces, like meese that got into the cheese. Then both sets of parents toasted each other and started laughing. Juniper told me not to worry about it, and gave me that same smile. Clearly, she's in on whatever this is. I think I'm in trouble, Leela. Minatilenda, Helgi. Log Entry, Vela 48, Vela Rotat 2659, Cycle 2 of the 5th Anul. Hey, Helgi. Thank you for your kind words about Kezi. When the craft returned, his remains were given a proper funeral ceremony, and a memorial was installed at the newly renamed Kezi Launch Facility on Chona. I'm sad to have lost my friend, but I'm so very proud of what he did to save the life of a fellow astronaut aboard the orbiter. The science teams tell me that he saved not only Oned, but all the data they collected. Scientists are weird sometimes. I'm sorry to hear that you were passed over again. I don't know what to say, bro. The only advice I can think of would just be to work on being the best at where you are now. If you perform better than all of your peers, then the recognition has to come. Unless there's someone who's out to get you and hold you back. Wow, does that sound paranoid? I think I've been watching too many Yothian vid shows. Also, it feels weird telling someone who designed their own engine and visited multiple planets to just be better. I mean, how much better do you need to be? The way you describe Juniper's holiday place sounds fantastic. I would love to visit there. There are some Velens that have large homes, but nothing that big. I wouldn't know what to do with all that space. Probably have larger pools. I know you said that her school helps much of the community in Haimavina, but it sounds like a lot of Haimavina would need to help run that house. As far as any brothers or sisters for Jezun, that's a story on its own. Jezun was given forth alone. The mating ceremony they claimed to have done was a cover-up. Kezi and Nosu's mating was not sanctioned, and this has caused a huge issue. The mating ceremony is a form of population control. In ancient times, Velens would occasionally give forth offspring without permission, but the punishments for such crimes back then were so severe that it was avoided at all costs. Jason's situation is so unusual for today that the council didn't even know how to handle it. They had to refer to some extremely ancient laws and then try to apply them to a modern situation. These ancient rules stated that any Velen participating in mating out of ceremony would be shamed publicly, 
and forced to clean transit streams or some other lower-class task for the remainder of their rotats. The children would be removed and assigned a new caregiver, and both parents and children would be barred from participating in any ceremony ever, including sanctioned mating ceremonies. That seems so harsh. How did we ever progress as a society? The council was at a loss. With Kezi having died a hero to save lives, publicly shaming him or his mate was out of the question. Nosu left soon after Kezi's ship returned and fled home to Chonar. I don't know how Chonar council reps will handle her, and honestly, I don't think I want to know. And then there's poor Jason. Since I have been with him his whole life, I volunteered to be his assigned caregiver and take him as my own. None of this was his fault. As much as I tried to argue on his behalf, the council felt they had to enact the rules set in place, regardless of how old they were. Nosu and Jason are barred from ever participating in any sort of mating ceremony. The uptide to this is the revelation of the age of many of our council's rules and laws. A new effort is now underway to revisit and rework many of these old laws and update them. With that, I guess I'm now a mom. So, those are words I don't think I have ever imagined myself saying. If I had interviewed myself at 16 Rotats old, young me would have said she would never, ever consider being a parent, because mom and dad were always exhausted and impossible to deal with. Now, here I am, exhausted and impossible to deal with. Did I mention exhausted? Between work and Jason, I believe all of my free time has to be borrowed from an alternate dimension, where there are more than 20 quarter tides in a cycle. When you find a way to access that place, please let me know. Mom has been a help, but I think she's just enjoyed seeing me splash around and delights in telling stories of how I was when I was young. Speaking of which, it sounds like CJ is quite the webful. It reminds me of how your mom described you and Frida growing up. Has she shaved Vigo yet? Jason has his own way, quiet and reserved at times, but a risk-taker at others. We were out on the rooftop balcony watching the night sky, and he actually climbed one of the comms antennas just to try to reach out and grab one of the stars. Mom tells me that this is the Induk Ipat. We are doomed to have children who are as troublesome or worse than we were as kids. If I had to guess, it sounds like your mom is looking to set you up to be paired with Juniper. But from what you've said before, I doubt that she would have to try very hard. You are clearly in deep for her. May the waves guide you. I think you'll need them. Ori. Log entry, Heimavina 48. 2339, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, hey, Ori. Well, I feel badly for Jason, given the situation with his parents. I'm not surprised to hear that you've stepped in to help. I know you're feeling overwhelmed, but I'm really proud of you, Leela. That's not a small thing to do, and Jason will grow up safe and cared for because of you. It's also a very touching and personal way to honor your friend. I don't know anyone who would do that. Good for you. I don't have much in the way of experience when it comes to actually raising kids, though to be fair, I'm pretty sure Frida and Rowan are winging it most of the time. I've been spending my free time when I'm planetside building up my cool uncle credentials with CJ and her baby brother Kai. Apparently, one kid wasn't enough for Frida. As much as I adore those kids, I'm not sure my sister's going to let me watch them again anytime soon. A couple of weeks ago, I offered to babysit for an evening so they could sneak out for a nice dinner. 
I decided to keep them busy with a trick that my grandfather used on Frida and I when we were kids. Basically, you get a bucket of rocks, and the dirtier the better, and you tell the kids that they're Geothar. Then you drink coffee while they wash a bucket of worthless rocks. Perhaps in hindsight, I should have assumed something would go wrong, but honestly, this wasn't even really my fault. When I went back to check on them, the kids were gone, and after a few minutes panic, I found CJ leading little Kai back down the street towards the house with an empty bucket and a wad of paninga in her pocket. The little businesswoman decided that her neighbors might want Geodeer as well, so she sold them. Conveniently, Frida and Rowan got home just then, which resulted in some uncomfortable conversations with other people in the neighborhood and giving back all the paninga CJ collected. Frida's still mad at me. It's interesting that you mentioned societal change because it hasn't been entirely smooth sailing here either. It's not exactly at the level you're describing, but there are rifts emerging in the Samcoma that have highlighted tensions between the old families, many of which have lain dormant for years. I usually don't pay much attention to politics, but it's been hard to avoid this because it involved my family and my work. Rowan's mom, Vera Jorgensen, called Verkstad a monopoly during a public session of the Samcoma and requested an investigation. She claimed that Verkstad has used corrupt and anti-competitive business practices to dominate the private spacing industry. She seemed especially annoyed about the recent purchase of three companies in Lulea, a couple of which had major contracts with ECAL. This isn't the first time Verkstad has faced similar accusations, and the private space sector is becoming a blood sport as the potential for huge profits grows, but this is the first time in centuries that a conflict between old families has spilled into public. It's also the first time in living memory that Yothian and Lulean interests have come into conflict over resources. The broadsheets called the Prime Minister's comments the first shots in a trade war. Lulean representatives and their allies were able to secure enough votes in the lower Samcoma to force a hearing, which happened a few months ago. My mom, Uncle Carl, and members of the Verkstab board were summoned to testify. Heimavinum politics is usually about as interesting as watching ice melt, but this hearing had more viewers than any previous news coverage. At work, we were glued to the screens around the office because the outcome had the potential to impact ECAL's working relationship with Verkstad. The Samcoma has a bunch of archaic traditions, one of which includes seating the representatives of the lower house for a combined session before the matriarchs enter with their familial banners. It looks pretty cool, but I've seen it dozens of times, and I would have missed it except for a gasp from one of my co-workers. I looked just in time to see the final matriarch enter the chamber. It was Lillian Fjallstead, carrying her banner. The cameras fixed on Lillian, and the commentators said that the Fjallsteads had reclaimed their ancestral seat earlier that day in a closed session of the upper house. The move had been supported by the old families from Yodith and Trishaven, and two minor families from Lulea. I couldn't take my eyes off Lillian. I'm pretty sure I now know where Juniper gets her swagger. The hearing was savage. Vera came directly at my mom and Carl like an ice lion after an injured elder. Normally, matriarchs don't lead hearings in the lower house, but Vera was clearly flexing her authority as the senior Lulean representative. My mom and Carl, who isn't exactly timid, shot down each of the accusations. It was the most elegant verbal slap match I've ever seen. When they voted, the lower house deadlocked. 
That pushed the vote to the upper house, which had been restored to its full 21 votes. Vera managed to force Long Amasisi to abstain due to her familial ties to Werkstatt, but Sisi maneuvered Vera into the same position. I've never seen anything like that from Sisi. With both Vera and Sisi out, the vote went 15-4 against the monopoly accusation. The look on Vera's face could have melted every glacier on the planet. The chamber devolved into a shouting match, and as the camera panned around, it briefly caught my mom making eye contact with Lillian. We smiled at each other, and my mom nodded to her. If I didn't know better, I'd think they set Vera up. Take care of yourself, little Jason. You got this, Leela. Moon and Talenda, Helgi. You have been listening to an episode of Binary Saga. The part of Ori is read by Juliana Finch. Helgi is read by Paul Anderson. Music by Eric Matias and soundimage.org. Find us on Twitter and Facebook with at The Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? You can join us on our Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website. Or please leave a review on your favorite podcast app.